You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Food feature. So let's get into it. With a country experiencing its worst jobs crisis ever and many going hungry, there is a solution. SA Harvest is celebrating its delivering 5 million meals. I think this is quite phenomenal. There's 5 million meals delivered in just 18 months and all through rescuing food that would have gone to waste. Very often I'm sure you wonder if you've got a little bit of food left and you've got no one to give it to and you just scrape it into the bin. What happens to that food? Well, it goes to a landfill. It goes to waste. And somebody, somewhere, is going hungry. On the line is the founder and the CEO at SA Harvest, Alan Brody. Hi, Alan. Good afternoon. Welcome to 702. Hi. Thank you so much. Privileged to be on your show. So tell us more about SA Harvest. It sounds fascinating. So SA Harvest um, was a company that I founded, as you just said, about 18 months ago. We uh, have a deep relationship with Oz Harvest in Australia, who's been around for 16 years or so, and they have delivered about 140 million meals in a time. And I've been very friendly with the founder of that organization for many years, uh, since we were kids. And uh, I gave her my word that I'd start something to try and uh, help the situation in our country. Mm. That's quite phenomenal because uh, they've been very, uh, very uh, successful. But how do you how do you get people to hand over their food? What's the process? Because, like I said in my introduction, you have your supper, you're full, you just scoop the rest into the bin, and yeah. it's a waste. Yeah, absolutely. Interestingly enough, the household waste in South Africa is not really high. On the, on the list of where waste comes from, it's interesting because in developing countries, which you know, fundamentally we are, the household food waste is not great, not nearly as much as in developed countries because here we just, you know, in households, people just have to eat what they have. But uh, a lot of waste comes from the whole um, rest of the food chain, you know, from agriculture where there's an enormous amount of waste through to manufacturing and retailing um, so how we collect the food, to answer your question, is um, by um, rescuing the food from retailers and from those farmers and the manufacturers, food that, for whatever reason, uh, would have gone wasted. We do a deal with them. Uh, we collect that food, whether it's on the expiry date um, or whether it doesn't fit the profile. If a bean is a millimeter too small, it doesn't fit the profile. If the carrot's slightly twisted, it mm. doesn't fit the profile. You know, a lot of stuff that is just incredible when you think about it, how, how it's wasted. But we do the deal. We collect it in refrigerated vehicles, and we deliver to beneficiaries who then themselves, these are community-based organizations who feed, you know, millions of people every day. Just describe then your distribution network because are you nationwide? This must be quite something to collect all of this food. You would need trucks and trucks. Yes, 100% correct. I mean, uh, oh, looks like. Yeah, uh, working in Kumalanga and or in Free State. Um, the fact is, you're right. I mean, one needs trucks and one needs uh, facilities and one needs storage facilities and so on. But the bottom line is that the problem is so huge. I mean, it's so massive 
that buying more trucks will never never be the solution. So the solution is really a logistic solution. Just to give you two stats, in, in South Africa, uh, 20 million people go to sleep hungry every night. 10 million more people run out of money during the month. So we have 13 million people, 50% of our population, uh, who are in various uh, degrees food vulnerable. It's an astounding fact. And just the post of that is the fact that 10 million tons, 10 million tons of food goes to waste every year. So the, the, the question is, it's, it's not a question of uh, is there enough food? There's a surplus of food. It becomes a logistical problem. So one has to get reduce that waste, the various mechanisms, and get that food that is going to waste to the people who need it. In the end of the day, you can't buy enough trucks. Nobody can afford that amount of trucks. Nobody. Yeah. So the solution, and the solution that we're very involved in, is a digital one. We're starting to understand where the, the, the people who need food are, where the people who can give food are, and linking them in a collaborative way throughout the, the food space, linking them together through a digital platform, which we are spending a lot of money on doing. In the end, it's going to be a digital logistic solution to this whole thing. Yeah. Sounds interesting. All right, if you do that, if on your, your cyber map you start plotting certain centers, how does that then work? Do people go to a facility, go to a central point where they can get food? Yes, that's, that's exactly what happens. I mean, when, uh, you know, when there's a, uh, an organization that is uh, giving food out as a beneficiary, um, people get to know that in the community very quickly. From our perspective, we we make sure that these organizations, and at the moment we're dealing with um, close to 100 beneficiaries. And what we do very is we vet uh, these beneficiaries very carefully so that we know that the food that we're bringing is going to be looked after and it's going to remain safe, which is massive in our industry, and that it's going to be given to the people that we're giving to. In other words, that there's no selling of the food afterwards and no making businesses out of it. So, yes, I mean, in the end of the day, this is a huge organizational task, but it works. Mm, it sounds like it works. Alan, I'm just going to ask you to move around a little bit. The cell phone reception's not too good. How many people are in your company? Just to ex- explain sort of the, the layout of your company, because you can't be doing this on your own. What goes into this? Yeah, sure. Is my signal better now? A little bit better. Go for it. Okay. Yes, uh, I mean, uh, our company, I mean, just to give you some perspective, uh, 18 months ago, there was me and our driver, Dodo Manisi, in Cape Town, and we started this thing. And uh, 18 months later, we have uh, 25 people in the organization. We have, uh, as I told you, three branches. We have uh, eight own vehicles and many vehicles that we use on a, a, a logistical basis, um, in, in mainly in the um, rural areas. Uh, we have several volunteers who work for us on various levels, on marketing, on uh, logistics, uh, on planning. So that's how the organization does it. And of course, we wouldn't be able to be and do what we do 
without uh, our um, firstly our benefactors and secondly our partners who donate all the food to us. Yeah. How can corporates get involved if they're listening to this radio interview and they're thinking, well, you know, we have our restaurant chain, we have our food distribution, and there's a bit of food that could be given, op- uh, given over. What exactly can they, do, uh, can they do? Well, yeah, I mean, at any level, right from the man in the seat of the group to big corporations, you just get hold of us. We, uh, it's easy, I mean, from our website at uh, saharvest.org to get hold of us and, and see how they can be part of this process. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody can do something. We, we look for contributions really uh, um, in, in two main ways. Firstly, uh, sorry, in three. Firstly, in, in financial um, help. Secondly, in food help. And thirdly, in time. Because if people have got time to help us, volunteer their time to do all sorts of things, it's a critical part of the operation. Yeah. I'm thinking about soup kitchens. I'm thinking about winter coming along now and it's getting very cold. You speak about organizing the distribution of food, but would you perhaps also organize soup kitchens? Would you perhaps organize something like that where people can go down and think, right, Alan's going to be there and he's got some food for me? Okay, so, you know, that's an excellent question because, I mean, in the end of the day, the food space that we, or the food rescue industry that we work in is like any other system. There are levels of participation. So we could, in essence, be regarded as the distributors. We get the food that's going to waste and we distribute food, whole food. And we're very careful to make sure that there's a nutritional uh, balance in what we deliver. We don't actually uh, beneficiate the food in any way. We deliver to soup kitchens and we deliver to people who cook meals. We ourselves don't do that. We're the sort of um, bulk wholesale type division, if you like it like that. But um, we have many food kitchens that we were, uh, soup kitchens and other food kitchens that we work very closely with. Alan, what has government participation been with your process? Are they getting involved with you? Because I'm thinking about the grants of 350 Rand. That comes to an end today. Has there been any sort of cross-pollination to say, all right, it's good to have you, Alan. Let's help you as well. Well, uh, you know, to be frank about that, no. I mean, the bottom line is our philosophy is very clear. Um, charity at the moment is required. It's a sad thing that we need charity because there is a surplus of food. But charity um, is going to um, help in this crisis because otherwise people will literally die of starvation, many people. But charity isn't going to end hunger. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. The only thing that will end hunger is systemic intervention. I mean, Section 27 of our Bill of Rights states very clearly that it's everybody's right in South Africa to receive, um, to, to, to have access to enough food and water. Now, I mean, it's, uh, it's palpable that that's not happening. So the government is, is really remiss. I mean, they're not fulfilling their promise of the Constitution. And I mean, if, if you know, if, if the government is not doing that, the first question is, do they have the resources to do it? Because, I mean, one 
it could be uh, an excuse for the government if there are no resources. Mm. But there's, there's, there's 10 million tons of food going to waste, and resources are massive. Sure. So it's absolutely inexcusable that the government is not fulfilling this, this basic human right in South Africa. Yeah. I suppose from the public's point of view, we can also all still get involved. If somebody does want to help you, how can they contact you and maybe you have your website address? Alan, are you still with us? It's a very bad cell phone line. There we go. I was saying your website address and perhaps if somebody wants to get in contact with you, what can they do? Okay, so firstly, our website address is www.saharvest.org. And honestly, when, I, when, when we say what can you do, there's, there's, a, there's a full gamut of things that people can do, from helping in finding food donorship, helping distributing the food. Um, we're able to put people in touch with uh, what you were talking about uh, earlier, soup kitchens and people who beneficiate the food helping in marketing programs, and one huge element is helping in research. Because nice. SA Harvest takes research very seriously in terms of understanding the marketplace that we work in and in terms of um, developing a water-type argument so that we can work with the government to ensure that Section 27A is fulfilled. That's interesting. Just tell us more about research. Where are your areas of concern? What have you noticed? I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, this, this area A, this area B, this is where we need to concentrate on. Yeah, um, so absolutely. I mean, research, let, let, let me go back a step. What I, what I find and what we have found is that a lot of the data with which we work is... Um, in many ways, anecdotal. Sometimes uh, the, the data that we're using goes back 20 years. And so at the moment, there are two things happening. Firstly, we're working on data that has sort of come to have been accepted, but we're starting to see... Hello? Yeah, 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 yeah we're listening oh, to you. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, sorry, we're starting to see that um, we're being guided by a reality that's not really uh, the truth. The other, the other thing that we're seeing is that, interestingly enough, um, everybody's very complimentary about what we and our colleagues do in this space. And, and I mean, we accept that. I think that we're all doing really good work. Mm. But there are lots of inefficiencies within the space itself because there's no up-to-date data about who's receiving what, what they're receiving, the amounts they're receiving, and so what can happen is that certain beneficiaries are getting from two or three um, uh, donors and the beneficiary half a mile down the road is getting nothing. I mean, it's mm. a slightly trite example. But what I'm saying is that the, our industry in itself needs to be disrupted. And SA Harvest, uh, our company, is really working hard. We're investing a lot of money in developing a digital platform. Uh, we've got people all over the world. I mean, we've got people in the UK, people in Ireland, people in the USA, um, who sure. are who are helping us um, in, 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 in developing the information, the information that we need to really make this thing work like a like a real business, and mm. those businesses should work. 
What concerns me, though, is when thinking about unemployment in this country, and it's just getting worse and worse. When it comes to being hungry, I would probably think that it would match that. What are you seeing? In other words, in three years from, from now, where do we sit? Where do we lie? So, you know, um, I suppose contrary to the more general view, I'm very positive. You know, since I got into the space, I was in business for many years, and then we got into the space about 18. I mean, a lot more because it took me a bit of time to prepare. But my point is, I see it's absolutely unbelievable how many people do so much good work in South Africa. And and really what I'm finding is that people are just basically cut for of what's been going on, the corruption, the, the, the non-delivery. And I see that the NGO space is really motivated. And I believe, I really do believe, that if we're able to um, um, get this whole thing operating on a, on a proper industry scale with proper information and proper... Um, motivation and organization, um, the NGO space will actually be the main influence of the government changing its tune. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think one has to understand that at the moment, without the NGO space, people will literally starve to death in the streets in South Africa. Sure. So sure. when, with the NGO space saving that, um, the government, in, 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 in essence, feels complacent. They say, well, don't worry, we'll leave it to this uh, sort of... Uh, yeah, you see, that's the problem. Yeah, you see, that's the problem, is that when you do step into the breach, then others get a little bit lazy. Yeah, absolutely correct, 100%. But I think that, you know, we, again, I talk about my own company, SA Harvest. I mean, we believe in collaboration. But we are working. You see that the charity side is vital because otherwise people don't eat. But to mm. end hunger, which is our mission, we have to start creating this process that will in the end show the real power. Because, I mean, in the end, NGOs, their power is limited. Sure. The sure. real power, the government to say, look, time to wake up. You know, it was very interesting when COVID came. I mean, um, there were 13 million, that was the figure, 13 million people who were going to sleep hungry every night. COVID came, and very quickly it, it exacerbated the situation. Mm. But it was amazing to me. It was amazing that people woke up, we, we raised lots of money, our colleagues raised lots of money, everybody was suddenly so awake to the fact that people were starving. What about the day before COVID yeah. when there were 13 million people starving? I mean, where were they then? And by the way, where are they now? Because COVID suddenly is not so urgent and suddenly there's donor fatigue and this whole problem is going to sleep again. Yeah. Alan, we'll have to leave it there. Alan Brody, yeah. founder and CEO of SA Harvest. Great to have you on 702. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thanks a lot.